My next guest ran into this young man. First of all, we're going to go back to the L.A. days. (laughs) But then I was at uh, a very good friend of mine, uh, Holly Robinson, Pete and her husband, they do an autism event. um, And also an event, a charity raiser in regards to her father. uh, And I would attend it. I finally showed up. I give money all the time. I finally showed up. And uh, uh, Holly was uh, shocked. I showed up this year, actually, when she hollered out my name during the event. And I said, yes, she was actually stunned that I was there. But we, when you go out in public, you tend to meet people you had not seen in a long time and also realize the impact that you made in just basic conversation or just, I guess you could say, mentoring. And that's what I try to do when I meet individuals. My next guest is a celebrated celebrity master barber, award-winning actor, director, producer, and screenwriter. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Louis T. Powell. Hey, hey, hey. How's everybody doing out there? My man, Rashawn. First, I want to say, Rashawn, you know, thank you for all that you do. Uh, the, philanthropy, the philanthropy work, you know, you've really been a pillar in the community, man. Just stepping out there with graciousness and abundance, man, and sharing that wealth with everybody, man. And that's just such a blessing to have people like you circumventing, uh, like I said, for the culture. And I want to say thank you. You've been a star supporter of the <laughs> Holly Robinson Pete Foundation, man. Uh I've seen you give on numerous occasions, man, from your heart, and it's just a beautiful thing to see. Well, you know, the thing about it is that um, there's no reason as to why I give. There's the, there's a, the, the fact that I, I have to give, and then um, um, I, I've, I've lived, I realized that I affect so many different people. I've started foundations for other um, friends of mine and helped them to push things in the right direction. One of my big things I'm doing right now is for HBCUs. You're a graduate of HBCU. Howard University. School, Howard yeah. University, mm-hmm. where I'm trying to become a media force along with Stephen A. Smith to bring brand awareness to... Uh, it, it really kind of annoys me, the uh, treatment of uh, HBCUs, because it always feels like the, the word struggle mm-hmm. is tied to an HBCU school. It always looks like, you know, we ask it for a financial handout from the government. And uh, and, it, and it tends to really muddy down the great institutions that HBCUs are. But talk to us about that experience because I'm on a lot of the HBCU stations, mm-hmm. uh, schools care about show as well as Sirius XM 141 and 142. Yeah, I mean, you know, to that point, it is. It, it is. It's always, like you said, it, people always try to associate struggle with HBCUs. Right. But you look at institutions like Howard that's been over, I mean, been around for over 100 years. Mm-hmm. And, and as, as well as other established black uh, HBCUs that don't give it, get as much credit. Right. You know, I mean, struggling. I mean, when you look at some of the most prominent doctors and black lawyers mm-hmm. and accountants mm-hmm. and physicians, my mother's a Howard graduate. You mm-hmm. know, she came out in 67 mm-hmm. and she's an accountant. And mm-hmm. when I look at her alumni being, you know, she's a Delta Sigma Theta. And it's mm-hmm. like I look at a lot of her little events that they have. And it's like all these professional, uh, financially well-off people that have actually been sewing back into their communities right. and mm-hmm. various different states all over the United States. I mean, excuse me, all over the United States. So. Mm-hmm. When you look at the struggle that people say that the HBCUs have, I think that that's just the media putting out some kind of propaganda, Mm -hmm. you know, in a way to kind of shine the light off Mm -hmm. of excellence Mm -hmm. that we've always been bringing. Now, also, you you mentioned your your mom, your dad. Now, you're a master barber. Yeah. And your dad, he's a barber. 50, 50 years. Let's talk about that relationship. You know, he Uh, kind of pushed you in that direction or it was just a natural. uh, You know, 
See was, my father, I do yeah, what my father yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it was it was it was kind of like a natural progression. You know, in the Washington DC area, our barbershops have been around since 1965. Right. You mm-hmm. know, um I have, a, I have a younger brother. My younger brother, he has like four bar, beauty and barber salons in the DC Maryland area. So. Then I know our families probably know each other. So it's like cuz it, it's like we had one off uh, Upshur Street uh, Lamont Street and George Avenue, mm-hmm. Kennedy Street and mm-hmm. 12th and 8th Street Northeast. Mm-hmm. So it's like when I started off in barber, my father actually brought it's, it's about 17 barbers in my family. Wow! Yeah, it's a it's a it's a good it's it's, it's stretched in far far and few between, man. But I, I started off in the shop signing shoes and uh-huh. for nickels, dimes, and quarters, sweeping guys' backs off. Uh, you know, I was a little kid when a guy would jump off the chair and. <laughs> and if he didn't want to tip me, man, I'd sweep you all the way till you got out the door. I would embarrass you to pick, you know, to tip me, man. It was, it was cool. It was cool. But it was it was a progression where, you know, I jumped off into that space. And by the time I was about 13, I, I remember the first haircut I really kind of just gaffled. It was my cousin, Glenn Johnson. Uh, my father came home and he came out of the, uh, he came out of this little room in the basement and, uh-huh. uh, and looked at it and he was like, I didn't know you wanted to grab the tools yet. Mm-hmm. I see you need some work. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can't let the reputation get messed yeah, no, up. No, no, exactly, exactly. Amateur night moments yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, but it was, <laughs> it, it was one of those things like jumping into that space in the barber business, man. It, you know, it, it I, I'm going to slow down about this yeah, old yeah, barber because yeah. I'll tell you something, man. Yeah. That's, a, that's, a, uh, that's a skill set I cannot mess yeah, with. I remember, yeah. when I, I remember when I was a pleasure, you know, make a side five. You know, they got me there. I thought I could cut hair, you know. <laughs> it's different when you pledge it and cutting hair at the same time. That's a different you, pressure. You. That's a different pressure. You. Yeah, that's Big a brother lot of say, pressure. Get my, my line right. My you line get right. Get that line know? right. <laughs> so so the, the, the whole skill set, a good mm-hmm. friend of mine, James Thomas, who did yeah. Steve Harvey's hair all yeah. those years. Yeah. What 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 makes a, 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 a talented barber? You know, what makes it is is it's it's actually repetition, paying attention to detail. And good customer service, just being a people friendly and and a person that's open, man, for conversation and, and a good listener. Uh-huh. You know, for me, making a good barber is like my father always used to tell me. He was like, "Look, man, you're in the shop. You never know who's gonna bless you across your chair. Uh-huh. You're gonna meet every walk of life. I don't care from the bottom to the low, in between. Uh, when you're able to adapt uh-huh. and be able to and being able to open yourself in a vulnerable space, and then uh-huh. at the same time give somebody a good service, uh-huh. I feel like uh-huh. that's what makes it. A dynamite barber, mm-hmm. you know, and barber is barbering has led me to a lot of different things. It's, it's led me to a lot of different people. It's just, it sprung, it basically kind of springboard my entertainment career. You know, it's really interesting because uh, you know the whole haircut mm-hmm. phenomenon. You know, yeah. I, I'm older than you. I went through the afro, the yeah. Jerry Carroll. Yeah. You know, the Michael uh, Jordan <laughs> ball head Jer- look was supposed to destroy, yeah. supposed to destroy. You know, yeah. barbers in general. Everybody yeah. gonna go bald. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. And, and then the natural look. Yeah, you were supposed to shut down the whole barber industry but it's things it seems to be a, a an industry that's uh that's uh that just keeps on ticking yeah it just it, it, it finds it reshapes his market whether it's, a, it's grooming from a from a beard mustache mm-hmm. standpoint from good from the from the shaving and keeping the head shaved what makes that industry such a uh a dominant voice because it's, it's it it plays a significant role i feel in the community you know i'm, I'm gonna tell you it's like i think a great haircut or a great hairdo or whatever it it's it's a it's a it's a mirror of self esteem. Right. It's that thing when someone sits down and it's like they can take pleasure in just serving themselves. Right. And the barber actually assists with that. Mm-hmm. And when you look at from I think from an industry standpoint, when you look at the self confidence that people are looking for or that self esteem, it's it, it's a thing where you walk out into the public, you walk out in the world, and you say, "Hey, this is me." Right. Right. You know. And from an industry standpoint, uh, everything starts from the crown chakra. 
So when you start looking at the crown chakra and you're sharing that 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 space of self-esteem, everything kind of flows from without. And I feel like nobody wants to look bad. Nobody wants to go out into a space where they feel uncomfortable. It's just like when you throw in a brand new, great feeling uh, custom suit. Right. And it's like you wear out and you, you buy that fresh pair of shoes or, you know, the, the, the confidence might start from without for, uh, from outside of you. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's a reflection that starts to show within. And mm-hmm. I feel like in that industry, it's mm-hmm. like, I mean, you're touching someone's, like I said, crown chakra. Mm-hmm. So you're touching a whole d- different energetic standpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's really amazing when I, when I look at uh, you as an individual and yeah. watch your growth over the years. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk more about, you know, we, I really want to just delve into that lifestyle. I really want yeah. to get the HBCO mes- HBCU message out yeah. there as well as, you know, something that I've been dealing with all my life. Getting that head style right, you yeah, know, now yeah, that's I'm yeah. straight bald now, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I might have to go get me a Deion Sanders, you know, Deion <laughs> Sanders, you know. He got he got an afro now. I don't know where he came up with an afro. I don't Deion, know either, man. <laughs> I, look, I plead the fifth on that one. <laughs> he got an afro now. We'll be right back on Money Making Conversation with my man, Louis, Louis T. Powell. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald, and you are listening to Money Making Conversation in studio today. Live in studio, Louis T. Powell. Uh, we talked about your history a little bit because yeah. I like to always uh, share stories about a person's past because there's a journey to anything that we try to accomplish in life. Yeah. The journey now as an actor, director, yeah. award-winning actor. Let me just let me <laughs> put those titles out there, you know, yeah, I, because guess what? These these titles that we get out there are, are not just given away. Yeah. You know, they're, they're earned. And so let's talk about the, your new project that's on Amazon Prime. Uh, my new project is called Padlock Men. It's actually a labor of love, man. I, I, I woke up in 2014 uh, from, from a dream, actually. And, you know, actually, I asked God for it for about a year before. Mm-hmm. And I told God, I was like, look, you know, I want something that I'm inspired to do and something that I'm motivated uh, in a direction creatively and spiritually, you know, to create. So a year later, I woke up out of my sleep about 4.30 in the morning, and I saw these vivid images of Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, and John F. Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where the story was birthed of a secret vigilante uh, civil rights group mm-hmm. known as the Padlock Men. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I, I, I about 352 note cards in, uh, cut to about two years later, uh, I wrote, uh, wrote a short to it, which mm-hmm. was actually a pilot teaser, that I was planning on releasing um, that following year, I re- released that on Pad, uh, released Padlock Men on Amazon Prime after about 27 film festivals and about 17 wins and nominations on it. <laughs> um, and then we actually got a development situation to uh, develop for, further develop out the pilot, which mm-hmm. right now we just finished up our first production draft. So we're in the mix with that. Well, that, that's how it happens, right? Yeah, you know, it, yeah. it happens. But along the way, a lot of people question you. Right. Oh, big time. Talk man. about that. Yeah. Overcoming the odds, as they say, the doubters. Yeah. You know what? It's funny, man. It's like when you look at doubters, I look at them in a way from a standpoint that it's, it, it, there's no such thing as people that doubt. It's just people that need to catch up. Right. You know, it, it, it's one of those things. When you get a belief and you mm-hmm. know something mm-hmm. from within and it was given from within, you just roll with it. Mm-hmm. And I always have this thing I tell people, like a lot of my youngsters I'm into, I say, you know, there's a lot of people that are stand on the sideline in curiosity. And they'll stand on the sideline of curiosity for certain uh, deems of time. Mm-hmm. But eventually that curiosity will get peaked so much to the point, as long as you keep doing the work, they'll become a fan. Mm. And then once they become a fan, next step is they become your advocate. Mm. 
And then when they become your advocate, now they're helping you sell your project too. That's I, I talk about that a lot. Yeah. I talk about uh, first of all understanding your competition. Yeah. And then I also uh, I would say something about prayer. I always pray for my 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 enemies so yeah. one day they can become my friends. You know I don't I just I don't discount anybody yeah. who uh, I don't know why you think that way or why you uh, why you feel negative about anything that I would do or anything that anybody should do. That's just wasted energy. Yeah. Me, you know. Yeah, yeah. But what I do understand is that I'm not going to allow you to pull me down. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I, if, if a blessing comes your way, I'm gonna I'm gonna pray for you to get that blessing. Right. And what you do with it, that's that's on you. Right. And that's that's been really the way I've led my life. That. And so when I look at you and opportunity, like I was just reading you on the cover magazine of Boss Man. Yeah. Talk yeah. about that, you know, Mr. Pretty Boy, <laughs> <laughs> snapping Man. photos. You know, you don't have to worry about getting no head lined up. That for sure. <laughs> look, I don't know. I might I might break back my deal. Sanders, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> No, it's like, man, I mean, Boss Man was like, it was like an epitome of kind of like bringing in where the space. I always tell people, it's like, I, I try to preach entrepreneurship all the time. Right. There's power yeah, in ownership. Let me start right there. What yeah. is entrepreneurship to you? What is that? Entrepreneurship to me is basically taking ownership of your space, taking ownership of whatever you create, your IPs, you know, wh- whether uh, you're, you're starting a janitorial business, mm-hmm. barbershop, or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. It's like that entrepreneur's, that entrepreneur spirit mm-hmm. is always being open for opportunities mm-hmm. and opportunities that you can create for yourself to create wealth and generational wealth for your family. It's mm-hmm. like when you don't have to get up in the morning and answer to someone and say, I got to punch a clock and be there at nine o'clock. That's true. It's power true. in that, mm-hmm. you know, and the only way you can create power through that is to become an entrepreneur. And mm-hmm. you got to find people like you to, mm-hmm. men, you know, to, to go in there and may have been in that space to have uh, a guidance and mentorship mm-hmm. to see which directions that you need to pivot to to create that entrepreneurial spirit. Well, you know, being your, you know, you talk about your dad, being a barber, that's, 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 that's the core of being an entrepreneur. You know, he's taking the talent and said, look, as long as I got these scissors, I can make money somewhere. You know, that, that really, I I remember when I um, left IBM and I pursued my career as a stand-up comic, I always felt that no matter what, unlike an actor, I had to, an actor has to wait on an opportunity. As a stand-up, as long as I can tell jokes, I can get on stage and make me some money. And it was, it was really, it really empowered me a lot in my career if I would say that I was an actor just waiting on the opportunity Mm -hmm. versus, hey, if you just let me on that stage. Yeah, let yeah. me on that stage. Give me fifteen yeah. minutes. You gonna write me a check? Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. so that that really uh, that even though you're into the entertainment because you have that skill set, mm. doesn't it give you a really uh, uh, an unbridled amount of uh, of confidence that uh, most no matter definitely. what you can still exist? Yeah, because that's one of the reasons why I created Padlock Man as long on the entrepreneurial business side. Right. It was one of those things where, you know, I've always worked as an independent. You know, when I worked in music, you know, I pushed a regular billboard charts out of my living room. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it, uh, when I was at the space of when I my barbering business, it mm-hmm. was like, you know, I cut numerous celebrities from 50 Cent to Outkast to Dwayne Wade. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was like one of those things. I built my business uh, accordingly. So each one of them worked together. unified. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I looked at Padlock, man, it was it was just another mm-hmm. etching, mm-hmm. That, etch, etching that space. You know, my first two films I sold independently. And I was like, you know what? Well, why can't I create a pilot myself? Mm-hmm. Why can't I go out and take this pilot, chop it? And why can't I figure out the distribution and finance it myself also to take that to the next level? Mm-hmm. Which, in, which in return can incorporate me as an actor, as right. a director, right. and as a scorer. You know, right. for for music, and then on top of that, it's like I want to be in the lane to try to create more opportunities, not just for myself, but people outside of me. And then, and when you start creating that ecosystem as an entrepreneur, obviously, you know that all of it pays dividends, Absolutely. man, backwards Absolutely. and forward. 
So. It really is amazing when you talk about, uh, you know, I always tell people, when I, and even in this conversation, Mr. Mm-hmm. Powell, when I'm talking to you, and it's, it's about uh, understanding your opportunities. Mm-hmm. Now, how does social media, how does brand marketing play a role, and how do you get the word out? And also you can give out your handles. Now uh, well. Yeah, brand marketing plays a big part. I mean, you know, in this day and time we live in, technology flows, you know, I mean, back when I first started, it was like the barbershop was the information superhighway. But now we look at Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and, you know, and all these different avenues where we actually can share our gifts with the world. Mm-hmm. And I think it's one of those things, finding your audience, finding your niche, and then building upon that niche of the people that actually support you and starting the steamroll effect mm-hmm. to turn that over and over again to grow your audience more. Because I feel like sometimes what I look at a lot of times nowadays is people stretch themselves too thin instead of saying, you know what, if I can find a core of 1,000 people or 500 people, man, it'll support me, you know, 100%. Mm-hmm. Would I rather have 1,000 people to support me 100% or would I rather have 1,000 people only support me 10% or mm-hmm. 5,000 people only support me 1%? Mm-hmm. You know, I'd rather find that niche audience, cater to them, keep building that steamroll effect to build my brand, build my business, and as I move along, I know one thing, relationships, network opens up wider. And then on top of that, like I said, people become more fans and you have more advocates, man, to create more substantial business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing about it is when you look at the business that you're in, yeah. you know, you know, you mentioned celebrity names that you, mm-hmm. does that help? Most, you, yeah, most you know, definitely. That, because, you know, you, you're in an intimate relationship yeah. when you're cutting the hair. Yeah. And then you're also an actor. Yeah. You're also a director, you're a producer. Yeah. How does that, how does that, you know, how does that, Talk to us about that uh, balance. Yeah, the, you know what? I That's one of the things I've always kind of prided myself in because I, I feel like like going back to the entrepreneur, every business that <laughs> you right. do, no matter what it is, it's, it's a reflection of you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'll give you a prime example. I, I went up to Cut 50 one time for Bloomberg Business Week, right? Mm-hmm. And I walked in. I would always wear suits, mm-hmm. come in with a doctor briefcase that's true, with my that's tools true. in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I walked in. I would get there about 30, 45 minutes earlier. A lot of times they thought I was 50s manager. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, oh, where does this go, Mr. Powell? And I'm like, hey, look, I'm, I'm the barber. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that reflection, when, when I first started off in the barbering business, I would always PDF my, my invoices mm-hmm. to all of the companies because I was like, you know what? If I ever get a chance to run across them again, they'll look and say, oh, well, this guy, he's a director too. Oh, he's a, he's a writer and he's an actor. Mm-hmm. But I remember when he worked as a barber, ah, that guy was so professional. He, mm-hmm. he, he PDF'd his invoice. He mm-hmm. was always on time. He was mm-hmm. intelligent. He was articulate, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. Setting so, the stage. Setting the stage. Mm-hmm. So when I get ready to cross that threshold in the future on any other endeavor, endeavor in entertainment, especially mm-hmm. within the celebrity space, mm-hmm. is, you know what, let me hear what this guy has to say. Let me mm-hmm. take his call. Why? Mm-hmm. Because I set the stage. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, as we wrap this interview up, um, yeah. you know, we all, you're not close to leaving this earth. We yeah. always have these journeys that yeah. we're trying to, uh, uh, the, 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 what's the future? What's the future, yeah. Mr. Powell? Man, the future. LT Powell. Let me tell you, the future for me is you all are going to see a Dynamite limited series on HBO from Padlock Men. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm building a production company, an ecosystem for distribution. Mm-hmm. We're going to create an ecosystem for uh, to incubate talent from animators to uh, writers, directors, producers, all in-house. Uh, and on top of that, it's like I just want to build a, a blessing like my man Rashawn here and be able to give <laughs> back you. to the people, man, that deserve it, man. And just to be able to try to create a synergy, man, of goodness, man, and just share love, wealth, intelligence, and health. 
Well, it was great seeing you again live in studio. Yeah. So notice you have a home now. Oh, you know, man. you got my contact information. Yes, sir. And so just keep us a post abreast of the steps. Yeah. Anything you were doing that's not related to the project. Yeah. You know, like, for instance, you might want to give us that cover of uh, Boss Man so yeah, we can yeah. put it on a post it on our social oh, media. Because it's definitely. part of your brand. Yeah, yeah. It's part of being recognized for your yeah. excellence. And, yeah. again, thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation. Oh, man. Thank you again, Rashawn. It was a pleasure being here. And everybody out there, you can catch me on my handles at Lewis T. Powell. That's on Instagram, at Lewis T. Powell Twitter, and at Lewis T. Powell on Facebook. I appreciate you. Appreciate your teammates.